Welcome to the Transformation and Coaching Industry Podcast, where we get the inside story of some of the world's most successful coaches and transformational change agents. My name is Dr. Matt Kreinheader. All right, Kat, I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Uh, and I know this is going to be a really fun conversation and there's going to be a lot of value in here. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Matt. I can't wait. I'm just expecting the flow and the fire to come through. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. So I believe that entrepreneurs are superheroes and every superhero has an origin story. So I know that you have a superhero career that you've been embarked on for the last number of years. Tell me about the origin story. How'd you land where you are? How'd you figure it out? How'd you kind of build this version of who you are? Right. So I like a lot of, or I would say pretty much all of my clients and community, and I am going to just go ahead and assume most people listening or watching today, I just always knew that there was some sort of call within me or pull within me that I guess maybe when I was really young, I just thought everyone had. And then as you get a little bit older, you, you start to have that awareness. like, I think I'm different. And then, you know, maybe you say to yourself, well, that can't be a good thing. <laughs> or like, that's bad or that's wrong or you're weird. And so I had a lot of stuff like that growing up. And, and I was weird in terms of like my family and different ways that we operated. And I was kind of like, the weird, nerdy, super Christian kid with like not even the correct sandwiches. Basically, I was like <laughs> as uncool as it gets. Um, and I just always had my head down in a book and I was dreaming and, you know, reading and writing and that sort of thing. But the whole time throughout my childhood and, and as I came into, I guess, my teenage years, there was just this awareness there. And I would say it was kind of like a continual just pulse or a beat within me that was saying to me long before I could ever have articulated this, you're going to live a different life and something's going to be different. And mm. on the one hand, I was on this path from a pretty young age where it was expected within my family that I pursue a traditionally, you know, very success oriented career. And so the decision that had been made essentially by myself as well as my friends was lawyer. I was going to be a lawyer mm. and it made sense with my grades and all. And so on the one hand, that was, that was what I was meant to do. But then on the other hand, there was this, what I would call like the supernatural side of me. I certainly wasn't seeing it or understanding it that way at the time where it was like mm, no you, you're gonna write and speak and create and just have a message that goes out to the world and it, it was like a knowing you know and when mm. I speak to people who resonate I guess with my work and who resonate with the kind of world that we move in the knowing was always there mm. and so for me it was never I, I've had an online business now for just like just under 17 years in a couple of months it will be 17 years so I got in in 2006 before the online industry was really a thing yeah and that was the blog I wasn't trying to become an online marketer people ask me oh when did you decide to become an online marketer I'm like I still haven't made that decision I'm just being like <laughs> following threads and I guess the first moment in time where I actively knew something about the journey that I am now on and that I've just continued to evolve on was when I was about 10 or 11 years old and I started to read my father's personal development books and I was mm. an avid reader and I would always like go through the um, limit of how many books you're allowed to, you know, take out from the library <laughs> and mum would take us there once a week or what have you. So I would go into my dad's office and I would just start picking up pretty much all the original books of what I would call the godfathers of personal development and just 
like flicking through, you know, like Harry Beckwith and Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins and just the obvious people, I guess. And I remember flicking through an original 1980s copy of one of Tony Robbins' books and, you know, the big hair on the cover and all. Yeah, and I just right. remember standing there, like I can still remember it and standing in my dad's office and flicking through and kind of absorbing and just thinking, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. I'll write and I'll speak and I'll impact millions of people and I'll make a lot of money. And it wasn't like at 11 years old I then made a plan. It was like yeah. a tucked away, it was a knowing, you know. So if I fast forward, I started my online presence in 2006. Really, I just built a website that was essentially like a brochure for my bricks and mortar business that I had at the time. I was a successful personal trainer. I had a ton of trainers working under me and my clients were all very high level people. And they were kind of like, hey, you have to have a website. That's the new thing. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, where is that going? Um, and so I started this website and what that resulted in was Oh, and the lawyer thing. Yeah, I got into law school and then I never went basically. <laughs> I'm a trainer instead and followed my path. And and yeah, that 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 little website turned into a blog, turned into, oh, that's right, I love writing. I forgot about that. Turned into people just finding my blog who couldn't come and see me in my hometown where I lived and um, turned into, oh, maybe I can find some way to put information together and deliver it in a class over the mm. phone or something and 300 products and programs later launched online and an evolution that's taken me well beyond fitness and into what I would say my calling is, yeah, that's pretty much the origin story and it's, it's still unfolding. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. And, and as I've been kind of tracking you and some of the things that you're putting out online, it seems to me that part of your magic is your passion and your excitement and your fire. And I'm curious for you if that's kind of always who you've been or is that something that you had to develop is that natural or did you have to find a way to turn it on I love this question I don't think I've ever had a question like that I would say both I've always had that fire within me I was a really shy kid I was the nerdy like teacher's pet type kid so I was mostly very you know inward and had my friends and all but I wasn't a loud out there type person um but yet I can remember so many pivotal moments where I didn't agree with something that was being taught maybe in class or something that was being said in a friendship circle and where I would just, something would come over me and I would just kind of like, I would get in trouble. Um, yeah, I got kicked out of science class for arguing creation over evolution. And I just remember <laughs> I couldn't sit there and listen to it. And I just, I was the good kid, you know, like I would never disagree with teachers. I always wanted approval and validation and so that was very out of character but it was like no I can't I just can't not say something and, and so many different moments where I would kind of step into that mm. I guess old ego or anytime we had to do you know a presentation or something like that for school um, I definitely excelled at that I loved it I noticed like I loved being you know at the front of the class and presenting but then at the same time I was the shy kid who literally would crawl into the bushes at you know break time and hide in the bushes with my books wow. but then I could take the stage so to speak and just step in so I mean we know now that we each have this part of us that just comes out when we allow ourselves to be led by our genius our magic the calling the work that we're here to do etc obviously that's what I was doing at the time and it took me many years after that to understand it but yeah the passion was always there the lit upness, the you know following of the fire 
I would say what happened as I grew in business is that when I first came online, it was really before online marketing or the online industry was a thing. Like I actively looked for somebody who could help me with this online business thing and Mm. I couldn't find anybody, which is just unimaginable now, right? So I was kind of like making it up and I was following bloggers for advice. And I built that first business, which was fitness-based to nearly a million dollars a year, just having no clue what I was doing. Nobody was telling me what to do. There was no rules of the industry. I was just thinking about how can I communicate, connect and converse and share what I think is important, you know, to the people who had found me and were following me. And I was having such a good time. And then what happened was I kind of like woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, like how have I made this money and what am I doing? And does anybody know that I'm just making stuff up? Like, it's all going to fall apart. And being the good student, you know, the driven type woman, I was like, well, I need to find somebody to tell me how to do it properly. Mm. And by that time there was, you know, various marketing and sales gurus and so on that had come onto the scene. And so I went and I, you know, hired the best people in the world and I put all the money on my credit cards and I did what you do. And, I certainly learned so many wonderful things, but the biggest thing I learned from that period was back yourself to know what's right for you because I was learning from amazing mentors who, you know, absolutely just killed the game in sales and marketing. And and I certainly learned things that were helpful, but through it all, I did lose that fire. I lost that passion. I started to follow what I would just call formulaic marketing rules. Mm. And it, it worked to a degree. Like initially I made more money, but Honestly, Matt, I tell you, like it physically consumed me and not in a good way. Mm. Like I was anxious all the time. I would get these rashes every time I would do sales calls. I would get like a purple rash and I was sweaty and blurry vision. Like I had a physical, like an allergic reaction to stepping away from just writing and speaking and pouring out what's in my heart and going, okay, no, let me do it properly. Let me be a good student. Let me grow to the next level. Let me learn from the best people in the world. Let me follow their formulas. And like I said, it worked to a point, but bit by bit, I started to, I guess, pay more attention to those mentors' lives and think, but I don't want that life. Like I don't want to work 20 hours a day. And, and, and deep down, even though these were people that were more, you know, financially successful than me, et cetera, deep down, I just started to think, I just don't think you know better than me what is right for me. And I just think that I can find a way to really like create the multi seven figure business, but more importantly, impact the people I'm here to impact and do it like against what you're saying. And literally mentors at the time, and this was about 10 or 11 years ago, mentors at the time, every single mentor that I had throughout that period, which was maybe four different people told me you're wrong. You'll never go to the next level doing it the way you want to. Or, and I heard this repeatedly, which still annoys me, <laughs> that's cute, Pat, like patronizing. Uh, like, oh, that's sweet. That's cute. And it, it was good, right? Because it got me kind of like, <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. But I don't think you, like, I just think you're wrong, even though I get that you're further ahead. And um, yeah, it was great because that period of, I guess, losing my fire and my passion because I was trying to do it right was such a pivotal period in my own journey but it's such a critical part of how I teach which is you know what I just said like it it doesn't matter how amazing your mentor or your coach or your you know person that you go to for insight is they do not know better than you what's right for you and so I'm so passionate about you know educating inspiring empowering 
like guiding people on the journey to go within and to remember yeah. who they always were, not to come to me and go, oh, well, Kat's built a multi-figure coaching brand by doing this and this and this. So therefore I should write long ranty blog posts on the internet and I don't know, get a bunch of tattoos and whatever. Like, no, none of that stuff was there when I built that business. What was there was that I was following that fire and that passion. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. So good. Uh, and, and it speaks to the Tony Robbins thing itself. Like, you know, he's kind of the grandfather of the industry and, and mm. he always said, find someone who has the results that you want and then copy what they did. And I think you've got to be really careful when you take the advice of someone who also wants you to pay them money for their advice, <laughs> because if you can, if, if they are teaching you a system and you don't fall within that system, it's going to be really hard for you. So yeah, I love that advice of just really getting clear on exactly who you are, how you're meant to do it, and then going out and making that happen. And yeah. one of the things that, that I've noticed um, is that a lot of times the coaching process for people who are not as fiery or not as outspoken, they hire a coach to leverage their certainty. And it seems to me from the outside that you've got a lot of clarity, a lot of drive, and a lot of certainty. So I'm curious when people work with you, how you help wake that up inside of them so they can have maybe not the same boldness, but whatever they're meant to experience in that level of boldness. How does that happen? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I teach and that I would stand on with this is that your certainty, just like your fire, your passion, your flow, your genius, your magic, et cetera, it's always available, right? So, I mean, I, I'm like anyone, right? People will look at me or many of my clients, friends, colleagues and go, oh, they categorize you as some kind of superhuman with ironclad confidence and certainty and, and they pedestal you and that's human nature. I've done it many times to mentors and people who inspire me as well. But, you know, I've mentored incredible leaders, coaches and entrepreneurs for nearly a decade now and even before that, even 20 years ago when I was a 22-year, 23-year-old personal trainer, my clients were very successful people. So I've been around and I've been coaching and supporting successful people for over 20 years now. And I like to say, like, I didn't meet a single one of them yet who has graduated from being human. <laughs> they all experience the full spectrum of human emotion. I mean, honestly, like transparency, seven minutes before I got on the Zoom with you, I, this was a mistake. I was listening to my worship playlist and I was listening to this very heart-wrenching, beautiful song mm. and I was getting really weepy. And I was like, why is that crying and praying now? And I'm like, pull yourself together, woman. You have to get on the <laughs> Zoom in like four minutes now. You can't be like crying. Um, and I was thinking about some things in my life and in the lives of people I know that are just really like full on right now. Yeah. And so it's not about, oh, she has this drive or certainty and you know, if I had that. So what I would say to my clients or to anybody is, hey, that's always available. Like it's literally a switch flick. Mm. It's a choice. And honestly, what we do, it's also doing your job just like yeah. anybody else. Now, I'm certainly not suggesting if you need time, space to step back or whatever, like have that discernment, right? To know yeah. when you need to retreat and take care of yourself. But a lot of the time, people are not showing up in confidence and certainty because they're living with an assumption that somebody who is has some kind of special magical gift that they don't have rather than realizing, hey, like I stood up, went to the bathroom, put myself together and I do my job. Mm -hmm. And I do that, you know, it, like every day in a different way. And it's a matter of understanding that when you put yourself in that chair, whether it's literally because you have any interview booked or whether it's by yourself writing something, creating something, there's no, you know, 
appointment there that you got to keep nobody's like nobody's gonna know if you don't do it it's still a choice when I show up actually this is one of my favorite quotes I read it in a Stephen Pressfield book I think it was in the war of art and he was quoting a friend of his though and he said when you show up for the muse the muse shows up for you and I just love that because I would say that's how I've created and launched literally hundreds of courses written and published over 60 books built you know a prolific content-based business which is me just doing my soul work it's not because I'm the inspired confident certain person it's because I step into the knowledge that that's always available Mm. and it's discipline you know that's part of everything I just said yeah 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 and and that's true it's discipline but I also think for you it's probably deeper and so I'll meet your favorite quote with one of my favorite quotes and and I think that'll dovetail us into another part of the conversation is one of the quotes that has gotten me through some of my hardest times is I walk by faith and not by sight because mm, I if, if I can't see it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen and sometimes mm-hmm. you have to walk through the darkness and and not know how it's going to work and just keep on work walking right in order to get to the place that life the universe God however you want to talk about it um, really has in store for you and prove that you've got the courage and I know for you, that faith part of the, the conversation and part of the process is a big deal. So I'm yeah. curious how you kind of pair cat's discipline on one side with, you know, being led by spirit on the other side and how you choose in a business setting to let those two things kind of be in the conversation and, and uh-huh. guide you. Yeah, um, I love that. I would say, I mean, firstly, with faith, you know, literally what you said is obviously the definition of faith is the fact that you don't know or it's beyond the point where it seemed impossible and you keep choosing anyway. And I think a lot of the time people are unwittingly misguided on what faith means and they think that it's a feeling and, oh, I don't feel it. And I I just, faith is a choice, right? People need to know it's a decision and a choice. It's not an emotion. It's not something you feel. It's something you choose to walk with and you don't wait till you feel it and you also don't, by definition, you're not waiting until there's proof that you can take that leap of faith. And and that's obvious. Anyone would agree to that. But I think that we, yeah, I think that we all forget it at times. Um, so to answer your question, though, you know, for me, it was always that deep knowing that it has to be about following the path within. And, and like most people, though, it was a knowing long before I knew that it was annoying or long before I could articulate it and certainly long before I had any proof or evidence that I should be allowed to live like that basically so when I started on the business journey I mean firstly before I came online in 2006 I had I was always you know since I was three years old I was an entrepreneur I was selling things door to door at three years old by the time I was eight I was running all sorts of clubs and charging people to join my clubs and do the weird aviation dances that I made them do and then I was an Avon lady when I was 11 and I was in a bunch of pyramids games after that. And I was always (laughs) creating and figuring things out. So when I became a personal trainer, after I dropped out of university and out of law, I made a lot of money as a trainer. I had a bunch of trainers working under me, but I always was doing all these different on the side business endeavors, whether it be running seminars in, you know, a church hall or pitching Mm. corporations to do their in-house health stuff or whatever. And I had so many things that I did either alone or with friends that just completely flopped and fell apart. And then when I started my online journey, despite, you know, I shared a bit of a highlights reel before, well, the reality is there was an 18 month period where I didn't have a single new email subscriber join my list. I had exactly 109 subscribers for 18 solid months. 
I kept writing my blog every single week, two times a week, like I'd committed to myself at the time, plus one guest post that I had committed to doing for another blog each week. And I went so many periods where money wasn't coming in so many different, you know, I've had over 300 successful launches. Well, I've had probably honestly in that 17 year period, close to a thousand different ideas that I've maybe not written entire sales pages for all of those, but there would be hundreds of wow. sales pages I've written where I sold one, you know, place or zero places or it fell apart for whatever other reason. So I did, I guess the, you know, hard yards or I just put the time in of learning how to operate by faith. And I guess through all these different endeavors, both before I went online and online, bit by bit, what I was learning all the time, even when I wasn't noticing it was that things worked when I backed myself with the way I wished that it could be. Oh. And it was, yeah, it wasn't until years down the path, years down the path that I started to really clue in on this and really, I think it was around 2014, I sat down, I was like, right, I'm going to write a list of the 10 most successful things I've ever created and sold and the 10 like least, right? And so I wrote that list of the 10 most successful offerings that I'd put out into the world. And then I just identified all the characteristics of each of those things, like what made it so successful. And when I say successful financially for me, but also wildly transformational and, you know, like people loved it, people got what yeah. they wanted and some. And so what I noticed was the things that these different 10 offerings had in common was every single one of them was something that I was so passionate and excited and lit up about. And there was an element of this thing just kind of took over me and it came out of me. And in every single case, except for one, it really logically didn't make sense to be doing it or to be pricing it that way or to be doing it that way or whatever. There was some element that defied logic, so-called logic or rules, right? And I would say that was the first moment in my business where really I was being mathematical about it. I was analyzing the results and I love math. I love to bring everything back to either God or math. <laughs> and I'm happy. Um, and I suppose to go hand in hand. <laughs> Sorry, that's a conversation. But yeah, and I studied quantum physics for some time and at university, like later in life as an adult. And I just like, I love it. So I love to reduce everything down to hmm, what's the actual underlying, like supernatural, but mathematical principles here. Love it. Anyway, so that was maybe a first early example of that in my business. And it was so obvious to me. I was like, wow, okay, well, this is data, right? Like this is yeah. information. And it just propelled me and it was, yeah, it was a big move on the journey. But then over the years following that, it just got to this point of impossible to ignore awareness that things work when I just decide to do it the way that I wish it could be. And also it seems like it works better for everybody, not just me, when I just kind of like let it be messy, random, chaotic, let it be cat. And I don't worry about cleaning up you know, the bits that are not appropriate or making it professional enough or doing even like the delivery, the way people expect it. And it, it was just this realization of, I guess, kind of like genuine authenticity, let people see who you really are, coupled with let it come from something that's coming beyond you. And so it was a practice. It bit by bit became a practice. You know, my realization that when I follow faith in my business and with my money, is when it works. Another pivotal moment was I was over 140 grand in, in debt at one point with taxes, taxes and credit card debt. 
And I was just fighting to try and make headway on this. And, and eventually I just decided, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ignore it and I'm going to pretend it's not a problem and I'm going to, and then it's going to go away. <laughs> my, my brother, who's now COO of my company and has been for maybe six, seven years, one of my brothers, but at the time he was my accountant. And he'd actually been my accountant since I was about 17 years old. So he had seen like the mess and the drama. <laughs> he's younger than me. But he was like doing my at-home tax accounting before he was even like, a, you know, an accountant. And I had called him up and I said, I'm ready to talk about my tax debt. And he was like, thank God, because I've been avoiding his calls. And he's like, thought that I'm ready to, you know, be an adult about it and make a plan. And I literally said to him, he tells this story sometimes at our events, that I said to him, I've decided that how we're going to fix it and what we're going to do about it is we're just going to ignore it and we're going to pretend that it's not a problem and we're going to focus on what I should be doing and believe that it's all just going to work out. He'll tell this story and he'll say he was on the other end of the phone just going, she's actually lost it. She's actually (laughs) certifiable. She has actually lost it now. And then I tell you, that's what I did. And that tax debt got itself sorted out because why will basic mathematical principles I was focusing on what I needed to focus on I was giving my energy my time but yes massive amounts of faith and belief behind where I thought that I should be going rather than but I first have to do this fix this you know and and this principle just applies to people everywhere right like well I would be showing up or I would be sharing my true deeper message if I already had this platform or if I had the ability to speak like you cat go find the first video I did on the internet. It took me six hours to make one two minute video. And then I had to take two weeks off to recover, right? Everything is a practice where you just, you suddenly realize, or you bit by bit realize till it's impossible to ignore. Hey, this is where my focus is meant to be going. So now I'm going to decide to be convicted by that. I'm not going to wait till I feel the emotions of it. I'm not going to wait till I have proof or readiness because my proof you know, my proof is in God, but proof is in, it's in your spirit. You know what's yeah. right. Your spirit knows when you are selling out, when you're betraying your own soul by going, oh, but I have to first deal with this or do, you know, this more like reasonable or logical thing. No, you know, on that soul level, you know, in your spirit that that's not right. So I guess it was a bit by bit, yeah, practice. And ultimately it became a discipline. And, and to this day, it's a discipline because I'll still feel like I'm crazy you know, I'm always stepping into the next thing. And, and to this day, despite everything that I've been blessed to create and bring to life and that's been worked through me, I still will go, you know, now you're actually like going too far if you think you should be doing that. Or, hey, you have, you know, all these different like properties and like serious grown up things that you have to actually attend to and stuff. You can't just be deciding to not do, you know, marketing or selling activities because you decided that, God has told you to go sit by a lake and do whatever. You've got a staff, you've got properties. No, I still follow these principles because it's wow. discipline. And I certainly learn enough of the lessons over time to know that it works. So I just kind of draw on that. But I guess for anyone listening, if it's speaking to your soul, you know, if you haven't got the evidence of that in your own life, that backing yourself works because you haven't done it yet. Well, that's where I was at. And so you have to make that initial choice to step over that line and go, I just know it's right. Like, I just know it's right. And ultimately, yes, it could be hard confronting scarier, but isn't it a lot harder to go to bed every night and put your head on the pillow and know that you betrayed your own soul again? Mm. That's heavy duty advice. I like it. (laughs) Powerful, powerful. Makes me think of a couple of things that are going to happen today. 
because I've been putting them on the back burner. So personally, thank you for that. There you go. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and it makes me think, you know, and we, you brought it back around to this, that people are are looking for the feeling and they've got the order of operations backwards, right? You know, the, they think that they need the feeling in order to go do the thing, but the feeling is the result. It's the what happens when you commit with faith and take the action, and then the thing happens and it feels good. So That's we're looking for the for the prize before we even do the work. That's so true. You know that like everyone has this word of the year thing, and and I'm like a little bit of a natural rebel. So the fact that everybody has a word of the year is exactly why I've always refused to have a word of the year. <laughs> Just like Me how too. I refused to watch Lord of the Rings for ten years because everybody was watching it. <laughs> um, but actually, at the end of last year, it just it honestly came to me. I was like, oh, I think we're going to have a word of the year. Oh, my gosh, what's happening? Don't tell the internet. But <laughs> the word that came to me was convicted. And I said, I'm going to be convicted. And specifically, it was around my relationship with God because I was kind of like one foot in, one foot out, basically. Um, and, you know, optionally choosing the things that I thought I'll do this bit my way because that's not reasonable. And so I just said it, though, but I didn't feel it. Like it was mm -hmm. a head de decision. It came to me, I suppose. So it was shown to me and it was like, okay, I'll choose that. I'm going to be convicted. And I didn't even say like convicted by God. I just said convicted. And nothing about me felt anything about this. I mean, anyone that's close to me knows like how dramatically I've changed in my journey. It's changed just in the last couple of months this year. And it's mm -hmm. been like re-falling into a level of faith and freedom and flow that like I already live my life this way for my whole life but particularly the last couple of decades and it's and I just look back and I'm like wow you just said you were going to be convicted you just said it you told one person and you then free fell into this like completely different way of being and and I've experienced this in different ways so many times before because exactly as you say the feeling follows well, feeling follows the decision to step forward in faith or courage or trust or surrender or whatever it is. And that's something you can bank on, right? Yeah. So that's where the discipline bit comes in. I feel like all of this just comes back to you choose faith, you choose courage, you choose trust, you choose surrender, you choose to put yourself where you know you're meant to be and to give your life for what you know you're meant to, your life was given to you for. And the feelings are going to catch up. So yep. if you're not, if you're falling apart or you think you are, well, that's where you've got to you know, go to the people or the scripture or whatever, you know, the books, the things that are going to support you, but you can just keep going, okay, well, let me choose again what I know is true because I can live without service-based feelings, but I can't live without following my true path. Yeah, so good, so good. And and the nervous system is based in the same way. You know, the nervous system needs stretch and it needs challenge in order to generate those feelings. When we make choices that are too safe, we don't get mm. the experience that we want because there's not enough stretch. And I think this is really true for entrepreneurs who tend to be risk uh, focused anyway, but we really yeah. need to find like a big enough gap in order to get that stretch and get that sensation and chase that thing that's way out there um, so that we can uh, generate the type of response in our body that our body wants to have as well. And you've probably seen that yeah. with, with personal training and other things as well. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. So I also want to chat with you about coaching as an industry. So in the, I started the transformational and coaching industry research lab. We do third-party uh, research for uh, coaches and transformational leaders. And we are basically taking a stand in the industry to say, amazing opportunity to be a coach. It's never been a better time. And we got to clean up the industry a little bit. So mm -hmm. my question for you is, what do you love about the industry? And what would you like to see change? 
What I love about it is that it's a place where people can truly say yes to who they did come to this earth to be and to, and ultimately we all came here in some way, obviously to be of service and to, to participate in the growth of others and to use our particular gifts supernaturally, spiritually, physically, mentally, et cetera, all of it in order to do that. And so I love that the industry facilitates a place where that can be done beyond a scope of already approved, you know, rules or um, like, you know, there's a lot of conversation about having governing bodies of coaching, for example, and that there's pros and cons to that idea, which is probably like it's slightly outside the conversation. But one of the things I love about the industry not being unregulated is that it allows for such massive supernatural growth such mm-hmm. massive stretch into the realms that are that exist beyond the physical and it allows for people who are truly just not not just gifted because every human is gifted with a calling but people who are willing to really explore their calling and really lay themselves on the line for their calling and submit and surrender you know their own life and their own will and their own way to something greater than them it, it just allows something so incredible to come through um in a way that most industries just don't allow for it and don't exist for the purpose of and I guess what I don't like about it you know certainly roles that I've seen myself play over the years which is essentially something to do with am I doing it right am I doing it properly Mm. and getting caught up and really I'm going to say lured actually I heard the word bait used yesterday um, which was an interesting word because it made me think of the John Bevere book, Bait of Satan. <laughs> but I heard the word bait used yesterday by one of my mentors relevant to, you know, kind of like with women in particular. And, and I will be the first to say I was perpetuating this stuff five, six, seven years ago. It, honestly, it felt aligned for me at the time. It was where I was at, at the time. But the continual showing of like wealth and success and numbers and like, you know, like I'm selling you into the dream of me living the dream. Mm. And, you know, I, I like, I, I would back myself to say that I had structure, integrity, true teachings beneath that. And in general, I just think the best of everybody out there. And I think that everybody is doing their best to be their best. But I think I think it's super rare that people are intentionally trying to do something, you know, yeah. untoward or immoral, extremely rare. But what I think does happen is people get caught up in an idea that I need to demonstrate some version of who I am in order to be successful. And, mm. and it's like this free fall into um can i cuss on here please free fall into fuckery (laughs) where it's like what are you all doing you look the same you sound the same you're talking the same you're walking the same you're breathing the same you're teaching everyone else how to be the same so that you can what all like fall further down this journey of just shallow like actually i wrote my blog today right before I came on this interview and I'm going to read you a little section that's right in front of me I didn't publish it and it says I didn't publish it you you came here as the artist you came here as a messenger you came here to rule to lead to release to unleash and to be the vessel and to pour forth what is pouring out from you but oh sure push it on down again that's right make it shut up again that's right tell it not now again that's right and dance pretty puppet dance like a beautiful whirling twirling good girl who does it just right the way that they say the way that they do dance with all the other darlings and when it hurts so bad because you're continuing to fail to be you dance a little faster smile a little harder push it down further because you just keep going through this place of devastation pain and the endless hurt of not giving into what god is leading you to not giving into all of you then surely you'll land some sort of place that will make it worth it and that was Mm. just like 
one piece from my blog, but it, it's literally this exact conversation. Like you're not doing what you came here to do. And that's what I hate about it. And I hate that people are unwittingly leading, mostly unwittingly leading people down that same path of, yeah. hey, let's all, you know, do our social media like this and talk like this and show that we have these different things. And it's like, hey, hey, you don't even deeply care about that. Your yeah. soul is yearning for something different. And you're scared that if you went all in on what you're really here to do, that it, that it wouldn't work or that you'd somehow be excommunicated from the tribe and it's just the primal instinct that's going on here. And it's all of that stuff. But I would just love to see people really making a head-based decision where the feelings aren't there yet, that you know what, no matter what it takes and no matter what it costs me, I'm going to say yes to who I'm really here to be because what is it costing me right now to not do that? And what, it, what it's going to cost is you being free of, you know, trying to be everybody that's not you, doing a mediocre version of being somebody that you didn't come here to be. Woo. Wow. Wow. Strong. Very strong. I appreciate that. Yeah. And what it, it makes me kind of visualize is that we have who we really are, who we came here to be, this kind of uh, authentic, natural self. We have the external world. And between those two things, we put in identity. And this identity mm. is made up of all these ideas about who we're supposed to be, what's going to be acceptable, what's going to get us love, what's going to get us some sort of version of what we think that we want. Meanwhile, when you just be who you are, be who you're meant to be, the universe kind of figures itself out and things kind of just work out. But it it does take courage and it does take like some real conviction, uh, like you said, to to find that version of you and put it out on display. Yeah, it's, it's a decision. And, it, you know, it's just kind of like, hey, you're never going to look back and say, gee, I'm so glad that I waited so long to be who I really came here to be. So it's not, at some point, isn't it just time, you know, no matter yeah. what? I think that deep down people know that it's not working and this is not what I want to do. And I'm just kind of like bound by it and caught up. So get uncaught, cut it free. So good. So good. All right. So my capping question for you is the, my, my world according to cat question. So if you had a magic wand, if you could put your hands out over the world and speak to all the people who are your ideal clients, and you could give them one realization, one wake up, one insight that you know would make a radical difference for them. What would that be? And, and then I'll ask a follow-up question to that. Okay, firstly, I love that it's nearly exactly the same question I ask people at the end of my interviews, except I call it a <laughs> megaphone exercise, like if you had a megaphone. <laughs> um, so honestly, it would just be you already know, and that at some point you're going to give in to being all of you, and you are, so make it now, because you do yeah. have a destiny, you do have a purpose, you came here for a reason, but just because you have a destiny doesn't actually mean that you will ever bring it to fulfillment. Yes, you are special, unique, perfectly tailor-made to just be you. But so is everybody who walked before you and died with that light still inside of them. So it's a choice and it has to be now. Life is now. Press play. Yes, yes. Now, follow up. What happens in the world because people made that choice? Wow, that's a great question. That's a deep one. What happens is it's like a jigsaw that starts to fall into place. I mean, it's alignment. So we're talking things starting to line up energetically, spiritually, supernaturally, and also physically in our practical world, the way that they're meant to. So it's a ripple effect of things working and you're impacting not just the people who you directly impact, 
but the people who they impact and people who you'll never know and never know that you impacted. And so for that reason, it's a responsibility. Yes. Yes. You and I are on the same page. I always tell people when you commit to the win, 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 it sends out a ripple of goodness, truth, and beauty, and that will in fact change the world. Mm. Thank you. This has been so fun. I really appreciate your wisdom and your insight. And I want to let people know where they can find you, how you would like them to participate with who you are and what you're doing and what you've got to offer. Yeah, so you can find me pretty easily on social media. I'm on Instagram at The Katrina Ruth Show. Uh, On YouTube, same thing. My social media door is always open, so feel free to connect with me, send me a DM. I'm on Facebook as well, but I don't really hang there that much more instagrams where i'm at a little bit and my website is at the katrinarithshow.com beautiful well again thank you so much for your time and your wisdom we've really appreciated it i know this is going to be powerful for people when they listen to it thank you so much i so appreciate the beautiful questions <laughs>